Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. Welcome, welcome. How is everyone? Great. I hope you're still passing all of your classes and school is going great. Well, as you can tell, I actually have a couple more people on stage right now. They actually bring up the better look department on the stage, um, not just me up here. Uh, but I had vision probably a couple years ago about how can we further uh, crossovers impact, uh, especially on this campus. And I feel like what we started seeing throughout this past couple years is there's been a lot of kids who needed uh, just some more help. They needed to be able to talk some things out. They needed some professional help that maybe that that I or some of our volunteers couldn't provide. And um, I started really seeking, like, what would that look like for crossover? And uh, one of the things that God led me towards was actually biblical counseling. And so what we've been able to do over the past couple of months is build a relationship with uh, Restore uh, here in Norman, and Restore is a Christian counselor. Uh, they have uh, up to 20, 25 counselors now that are working under them, and they're able to just provide help. They're, be, they're able to just be able to provide some solutions. They're able to talk with people who are in dire need of help and maybe just need to talk with somebody. And so um, right now I asked Kelly, who is, who is the main lady here in Restore, and I asked her to bring up some of uh, the counselors so we can be able to talk through uh, some of the situations that I feel are happening here, uh, especially in the college age from 18 to 26 year old, uh, maybe some of the struggles, maybe some of the things that uh, we can that we see predominantly through um, just our ministry. And so um, I asked Kelly and, and three of her staff to come up and to be able to answer some of the, the more difficult questions about about that. So as we begin here, just just be mindful that this is a Q&A and I'm going to ask them some questions and the four of them are actually going to answer uh, these questions. So here we go. Question number one, and y'all kind of answered it, and I'm going to kind of blend it in with, with question number two, is um, if I were to take myself back to 20 years old, there are some things that I would like to know, and I think these are some of the questions that a lot of them would like to know, um, is A, how, how do I make an appointment, and how easy is it? Um, and then I would like to know, well, what does like the first couple sessions look like? You know, is it, it like, is it like the movies? Is it not? And, um, and the big one, everybody know what the big one is? How much does it cost? Um, and maybe if you can kind of, uh, weave in some of the stigmas that maybe go along with counseling or not, because I get asked all the time, like, should I go to counseling, should I not go to counseling, and so um, I'm going to leave it up to one of you four to lead the way on that. All right, well, I'll start, because I am the oldest. Michael is not telling the truth. I am the oldest. Um, first of all, I think we have a, a ministry first. Um, we are clinicians, and we do I do accept um, insurance. Michael accepts insurance. Uh, Kayla's my candidate, so I'm a supervisor of, of candidates, and um, she takes private pay. But we never turn anyone away. 
So we're willing to work with anyone um, that needs some help. We'll find a way to get you serviced and get you heard. And um, so money should never be an, uh, you know, a problem at our office. Um, so, but your insurance um, will usually pay. So it's just a matter of talking to your parents about what does this card do? What does this health insurance card do? Because a lot of times it will pay for um, counseling. But mm. if not, we have a lot of different options at Restore to see um, people for r reduced rates, free, $25 or whatever you, know, you can afford. Um, so we definitely feel like it is also a ministry. Um, how do you how do you get in? Well, you can call. You know, there's a phone number to call. But we also have a very convenient way of um, booking yourself online. You can go to restore.com, um, bh.com, restore and you can go in there, pick a counselor that you want to see, and book yourself um, for an on you know just online. And so that's kind of a convenient way for you guys to. You know, book yourself an appointment. Um, you just decide who you want to see. You can read everybody's biography and see who you want and get on. That's good. That yeah. Yeah, and I think it's important for you guys to know. Some sometimes we have people that come and their parents don't know that they're coming to counseling because they're kind of afraid that their parents might worry. Sometimes people's parents don't agree with counseling. They are afraid mm. their parents are going to be mad if they go. So um, we often will have students that don't want to use their insurance because of that. And we're, we're good with that. Like if you say, hey, I, my parents don't know, we don't want money to keep anyone from getting care. Absolutely not. And, you know, also, guys, it's really scary, right, to even if you make an appointment online at, in the middle of the night when you have the courage to do that, you still got to get in your car and walk in a strange building and sit on a couch. We don't lay down. I don't have a pipe or a beard. We just yeah. we we just sit and and, and it's safe. It's safe. Um, but we recognize too that you're walking and you're sitting in a room with someone you've never even met, and you're gonna like tell stuff that maybe you've not even said outside of your mouth. That's scary. And so one of our most important goals is to make people feel safe. Mm. The most important thing about a counseling session really is the relationship and the safety between the two people. And so we hope everyone does feel that way when they come. That's really good. Yeah, I like that. You don't want to add anything because I feel like y'all just like s slayed that. Yeah, we don't have to go in order. We can just. The stigma, some of the stigmas, which I feel like the parent issue is is definitely a, an issue. Is like, well, my can my parents, you know, I don't really want them to know that I'm doing this type of thing, and. Um, I think a lot of people didn't even know that their insurance would even pay for counseling, mm -hmm. which that's a huge deal as well. Um, uh, the stigma part of it, um, it has changed a lot over the years. You're, I don't know if you guys like people saying this about you. Your generation um, is awesome. Is awesome. <laughs> uh, I wish mine was as cool as you guys are. But you're so much more open. Um, to being your best selves and to learning about yourselves. Um, and sometimes you might not want your parents. I, I have students that their parents don't know they're coming to see me and they don't want that. Um, and that's totally fine. I mean, you're here on your own. Um, others really want their parents involved in the process. Um, but 
one of you said it earlier, it's a stage of life that's a lot of self-discovery and you're learning about yourself. A lot of counseling is just that. And there mm. might be some, some hurdles or roadblocks that, that you're working through that seem like bigger things. But as you get through those, the whole process becomes more about just learning about yourself. Um, that's really good. I have one more thing, but I know it's the last thing he's going to ask us. Okay, well, wait, I'll save it. Save it. Gold <laughs> nugget later. <laughs> Um, I want to dive a little bit deeper here because uh, uh, I think it was last semester, maybe the semester before, I, I kind of preached to a sermon series and it was kind of talking about depression and um, I feel like we have a lot of self-diagnosers in here, right? WebMD is our friend, right? Like you cough and you think you got like, you know, the coronavirus, right? Um, uh, a lot of them are like, I, I got ADHD, I promise, right? I promise I do, right? And we're like, well, go turn the TV off, kick your friends out, and maybe you'll get some homework done, right? <laughs> um, but if we can take it a little bit more serious than that, uh, I think some of, I, I think I would like to know is what's the difference between feeling down and being uh, clinically depressed? Because I think a lot of us, we think that, that we're, we're depressed when really we're just down. And so what, what, how would you kind of walk through, through that? One of the things about counselors is we actually have criteria that we can match up symptoms to. And really, ultimately, someone has to mat, meet criteria to be declared clinically depressed. Um, there are things to look for. It's not just sad, and it's not just sad that comes and goes. It's a low point. Most people, when they get depressed, they feel more numb and void than they do sad. I see that a lot. Mm. Um, we kind of look at it like the surface of the water and like the ocean, and we want to be up here, but sometimes we're just like, we're just stuck down there. Um, there's things that happen when people are depressed, like thoughts, I mean, just being real, suicidal ideation, like thoughts of not wanting to be alive. We hear it all the time, and it could scare you but also to know that that's actually part of depression. If you're feeling and having those thoughts, that's okay. You can tell someone that. Um, things change. Your appetite will change. A lot of times uh, sleep is jacked up. And it lasts a long time. And it feels like a cloud has landed on you that can't really lift. Nothing makes you happy anymore. Um, you have no motivation. Fatigue all day long. Never feel rested. Um, it's different than sad. You know, if you're kind of going like this, that's normal. If you're down here and you've stayed that way for several weeks, then it might be time to talk to somebody about that. Typically, you know, I have like 82 emotions before noon. And, you know, I think it, it's, it's real normal to have so many different kinds of emotions. <laughs> is that, but it's so true. I mean, it, happiness is, is not a state that you stay in. Mm. I think sometimes there is a happiness myth. And, you know, we've got to stand on truth and, and feelings. Well, um, you'll have so many different kinds. And you're going to feel sadness. And it's okay to feel sad. Uh, I think what it's affecting is important and how long it's affecting you in those areas. If you lose interest in friendships, you start losing interest in going to class, um, doing the things that you normally were interested in, you know, really having a lot of suicidal ideation, um, you, need to, you, you need to think about getting some help or, you know, talking to someone. Um, but feeling sad 
is a temporary condition. You will not always feel that way. And that's important to know. I can, you know, like I said, you know, 82 emotions before noon is, is really common. You're going to have a lot of different feelings, and that's part of being human. That's the human condition. So. Well, and also just if we look at the biblical approach, I mean, why has he said count it all joy when facing trials? And almost like we think that if we become a Christian, right, if we are Christian, then that means that we need to be in this constant state of happiness, and we got Jesus, and all is good in this world. But almost, as y'all have seen, and as we have matured in our faith, almost the more that we walk with Christ, the harder that things can come. And so I think that can also be a stigma as well. Uh, I mean, how many people do y'all deal with, like, well, I'm a Christian, and I shouldn't feel this way. Like, how do you kind of walk through some of those waters I'm dropping like Bible on y'all right now. One thing that some yeah. people say is the last place they'd want to go if they feel like they're mm. depressed is to their pastor. Honestly, because a lot of times they get advice like just pray more, you know, just get in a group, get in a small group. And sometimes it's more than that, right? Mm. Um, so finding someone that you can share it with and just to get an idea is this, um, the churches are getting a lot better at that. I can tell you, I mean, there's been pastors, y'all know, lately, I mean, pastors have committed suicide. And even in their own staff, the staff was like, I didn't even know that they were depressed because we're super good at smiling and being happy, right, and not letting people in. So I think, I think that's something to yeah. consider. I think emotions were, you know, we know that emotions were created by God. And that we saw in Jesus' life that he experienced the array of emotions, that he, he had anxiety before death, that he, he felt sad when someone he loved died. And he had anger, you know, in the temple. Righteous so, anger. Righteous anger. Um, so we know that they were created. And, and a lot of times some of the difficulty we have is thinking that we shouldn't have emotions. You know, mm. but to have emotions is normal. It's what it's you good. do with them. And, and behavior matters in spite of your circumstances and your emotions. That's really good. Yeah, I think so, something that you I would it, just girl. add. You go, you go for it. <laughs> um, one of the big things that I feel like I talk to a lot of people about is just the idea of, like, being emotionally healthy. I think that that also comes with being able to be spiritually healthy. You know, because I, I think that... Um, it's really, really hard whenever you are walking around. And I kind of use the analogy of like you have this suitcase that you're like dragging with you. And if you keep like stuffing all that stuff in it, I mean, you can imagine like the seams are like about to burst. Um, so it's like, I guess. Hey, hold on a second. You're about to answer my next question. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, I won't. Do you want me to go there or do you want me to wait? <laughs> I'm going to ask this question. I want you to start with the stuffing. All right. We're going to set up a, mini, a free mini session, all right, between me and you, right? I get asked this all the time, right? I feel that my personality leans towards me being negative or leans me towards being depressed, right? Um, I feel melancholy all the time. Um, how do I deal with that, all right? What are some habits or some things that you could kind of help me walk through that? And now let's go to the stuffing of the suitcase. <laughs> Yeah, so, okay, that probably means that, yeah, you've, I mean, 
maybe you do kind of lean towards that, but also the idea of like you dragging that suitcase around with you all the time, like when you're in class, when you're at your sorority, when you're at church, all those kinds of things. Um, really like if you never deal with them, if you never pull out each of those items and actually learn how to fold them and put them back in there, the suitcase is always gonna feel like it's about to burst. And so, yeah, I mean, it's gonna be really hard to be able to connect with people like in relationships. It's gonna be really hard to maybe feel like you can sit and like listen to a sermon um, and like, you know, be like, oh wow, I'm supposed to be so joyful right now. Um, but I guess in saying that, um, the dealing with the emotions is really, I think, counseling is a space to do that, where you can come in and you can actually be honest about the things that you feel. Um, I think another really big thing is um, in counseling, we learn how to actually recognize the emotion. You know, like, okay, like this is maybe how my body feels, you know, when I feel shame or when I feel fear. Um, and I think that, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, it's kind of a buzzword, but the idea of like emotional intelligence, that's really, really important. Um, and being able to actually identify the emotion because it's like, maybe we're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so angry. But really what's underneath it is it's like, oh, I feel really rejected right now. You know, I really feel like that person didn't, you know, hear me. So I think that using that like cover of like, that's just how I am, um, that isn't going to lead us into a place of emotional health. And then it's also not going to lead us into a place where I feel like we can, if I'm, this maybe is an opinion, but also I, I don't think it leads us into spiritual health either. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. So. I was thinking, too, sometimes I hear, talking about personality, some of you guys are, like, on fire, you never sleep, you're on every CAC thing, you're involved in all kinds of stuff, and some of you are looking at people like that and saying, why don't I feel like doing that? Like, that's not my personality, why don't I feel extroverted? Even on this team right here, some of us are extroverted, and this is filling us up to speak. Some of us are like, oh, my gosh, I'm really scared, you know? <laughs> and so for Gina, okay, for instance, this, she's also my best, my best friend. So for Gina to look at me and say, Kelly's better because she can talk in front of a crowd. She's extroverted. Something's wrong with me because I'm introverted and this is scaring me. That's a lie from Satan. I mean, you have been created. She has been created how she is. I have been created how I am. Mm. And I have so many students that sit in front of me and say, I don't know why I can't do what my roommate does. She can do everything. Why can't I? You're just made differently. Find your groove and go in that. The comparison trap is really strong. And that aids in um, emotional dysregulation is comparison, right? All day long, comparing. Well, I think that's why it says fan into flame the gifts that God has given you, right? And, like, if you never get to fight, you know, fan into flame the gift that God has given you, then you're not going to know how to be on fire for Christ. If we try to compare ourselves with everybody else and try to swim in other people's lanes, well, you never get to see what God, and God can't use you as the vessel that he wants you to be. Um, but also some of just the physical aspects of, of this, as you all know, in college, sometimes they can do too much. What can they do on the physical side? Because a lot of times mental can be a physical issue. What are some of the things that y'all have seen physically that college students do or don't do that they could do better um, for that? Sleep. <laughs> Sleep. Sleep is huge for our, our mental health, our brain functioning. Yes. Um, uh, what would you say uh, a, a high school's High school to 25-year-old should be sleeping per night, on average, a good healthy amount. Yeah, at 
least eight hours. Who gets eight hours of sleep? Okay, a quarter of you. Awesome. They got a chance. Yeah. Let's see. Um, what about the food you eat? <laughs> let me tell you kind of what, let me tell you what's trendy and what we know with science. And I know that you guys, I remember, I was, I was a college student here at OU, and I, I kind of have a memory. Um, what's important is what we know now in science, we have progressed so much of what the body, how it's tied to mental health. That's why we're seeing such an upward swing in mental health and how it's tied and related to physical health and our body. Our body and minds are, are very much connected. And so when you're not getting enough sleep, you're not eating well, you're not putting that good stuff in, mm. um, it's, gonna, it's gonna affect your brain, okay? So we know that what you eat matters and, and what you do with your body matters. So exercise, good food, and sleep matters. And you're gonna feel a difference in your lifestyle if you will incorporate that and start now. It's so important to start now. Um, knowing what you're eating, what fuel you're putting in, how you're moving your body, and also how much rest you're getting. You're going to you know, feel, I, I feel like it's foggy. When I eat a lot of donuts, let's just say, <laughs> you know, donuts or carbs or sugar, I feel very foggy and yeah. more prone to depression or sad moods. It affects my mind. And I think that is true for most people. That's Do you good. agree? That's really yeah. good. And, and I think there's also things like alcohol and marijuana, they're depressants. So if we're drinking alcohol, we're actually depressing our system even more. That's something to consider. Um, also, it's really a good idea to get to your family doctor or to go somewhere and get some blood work. Sometimes it's super low vitamin D you might have. You might have iron, low iron. You might have um, hormonal issues. And that would be something that even if you're afraid to tell your parent you want to go to counseling, you could ask them, hey, I'm not feeling great. Could I go get some blood work done? You yeah. know, I think that's a good start, too. That's good. So, um, for Tom's sake, let's go ahead and move on to that. I think that's great. I think it's uh, cha uh, sleep changed my life alone. Sleep did. I was sleeping four hours a night. I got married and I started sleeping eight hours a night and it changed my whole life, right? Um, I think some of us in here, we like a quick fix. I feel tired, so I drink coffee. I don't feel tired, so I take melatonin or I take a sleep aid. Um, I think that we can carry that over for emotional status, and uh, I feel down in the dumps, I'm, I, I feel like I'm depressed, uh, and maybe we've gone to a psychiatrist or we've done something, and the very first time they give me antidepressants, and I think antidepressants is a, is a big talk right now, especially in the college world. Um, in your biblical and professional opinion, when do you think someone needs to take antidepressants? try. Um, I, think, I think just a, the counsel, every counselor is different. We all are trained in different programs. Um, we're taught different things about that. So a lot of us have different positions on it. Um, I know for, for me personally, um, I don't 
push medications on people uh, if there's a way for them to find the place that fits more comfortable in life without having to have that, that's, that's so much better. Um, and some of these things we just talked about, um, regulating our sleep cycles and our, our nutrition and, and even, we kind of said it, but even our, our people around us, um, having, having mm. people that are good to be around um, does so much with that. Uh, there are some people that I work with that, that um, they need the medication. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes we feel shameful about that, but it's, again, the science that is available to us now um, that wasn't available even 20 or 30 years ago can make our lives so much better. It's there. Um, the, I always kind of say things like this. God, the scientists that made that medicine, God's the one that made their brains um, and gave them the intelligence to do it. Um, so that's my position. I don't think we're going against anything that God has put in place. Um, but I think he gives us a lot of resources, and that's why I don't jump at medication first. Hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of other things we can try. Maybe as a last resort, we can do something with that. That's really good. Yeah, and as a therapist, we can see it when you sit on our couch. If you are clinically depressed and, like, severe clinical depression, we, we can spot it, really, almost even looking at someone's face. You can tell that it's, this is more than just sadness. And sometimes we'll put that as an option up there. We're going to put medicine as an option, but we're going to see you for a, a long time first, and we're going to see. Um, but just research shows that real clinical depression, like major clinical depression, often has to, I mean, I'm talking about really low, right? Not sad and going through this, but often it has to have medication to get you back up to where you can do the things you're learning. Um, anxiety is different. Usually anxiety, talk therapy can help through anxiety. Um, I think uh, there's times that you have to come at things with all barrels. And when I say all barrels, that means that you have to come at things, maybe sometimes medically, you have to come um, through counseling, emotionally, physically and you just come at it because it's a hard battle when you get into some deeper depression and so you know that is okay and it's acceptable when you are depleted and your brain needs some help and your body needs some help and you become depleted so there's times where you will need medication and there's not any shame but sometimes we get some stigmas from people that take medication and do not do other things to go with it. That means spiritually, physically, and skills. You've got to have all those things. You know, but you've also seen it. people, because I think sometimes people have a misunderstanding of the medication, um, and some people think, well, this is something I'll have to take the rest of my life. How many times have y'all seen it to where, like, well, they've, they've taken it, they've taken the, the barrel approach, and but they also did those other things, and how many times have y'all seen them do a, you know, turn around and their whole life has just been different. Yeah, so it's, it's different. Um, most people, it's almost like you can diagnose depression about four to six weeks after they started taking, I mean, the medicine will diagnose it. Like if you needed it, you know, in four weeks of taking it, the sun has come out. I don't feel foggy anymore. I have energy. I want to be with my roommates. You, you know, like it's without a doubt if it's the right medication and the doctor has it right. Sometimes it ha takes a while to get that figured out, though. Sometimes starting to take it can actually make people more depressed. And mm. you've got to work with someone that really knows what they're doing. Um, but I think it's important to know that 
sometimes when you get on medication, you do not you don't have to be on it your whole life. But usually for the antidepressants, you do need to take it for six to nine months. Um, and oftentimes people will get off, you know, wean yourself off of it, and they feel better, and they never have it again. Some people in two years, four years, they it might revisit. I kind of think about it like a cloud. Some families have genetic predisposition to dif different mental health issues. And that might be a good conversation to even have with your parents. I have had a lot of students that have no idea, but their mom actually had horrible depression and has been on antidepressants, but families don't even talk about it. So I, you know, ask your parents about that too. Um, Kelly, you mentioned earlier uh, something about anxiety, and I think that some of us, we don't know the difference between just anxiety and um, when do you think anxiety can become like a disorder? I, I think when anxiety becomes something that starts preventing you from, from living your life, from going to social events, asking that girl out on a date, um, going to class, taking that test, that you're kind of sitting on a generalized feeling of I'm always anxious. I'm always nervous about the what ifs, catastrophizing, there's different kinds. Um, obsessive thinking um, usually needs to be treated medically. Obsessive thought, OCD is another word for that. Um, I think uh, when it starts affecting most areas of your life, you need to start thinking about maybe getting something to help you so you're able to do your skills. When I get someone very anxious inside my office, it's so hard because it feels like their head's going to pop off. If I ask them to do a skill, we'll just go to class, you know, exposure therapy. And um, they have difficulty exposing themselves because they feel like they cannot do that. And so when we get to those positions, sometimes medically, you need to be treated. That's really good. Um, I think, too, we should talk about the fight or flight response. I mean, you guys are really stressed out. You're constantly on the go, and your mind is racing, some of you. Even racing thoughts of, you know, you don't like your body, or you're afraid of your degree, or your grades. Things like that can make your body feel threatened. And then your body kicks in just the same way as it would if, the classic example, if a bear was chasing you, like that doesn't really happen much, but your, your body thinks that. We know that because if you have a nightmare, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're sweating, your heart is racing, you're afraid, and you're like in your bed and it's 70 degrees in your room. But your body felt threatened by that. And so it kicked in that fight or flight protective response. And oftentimes that is really what anxiety is. And it gets in a cycle that really is really, really hard to break and can ultimately lead to chemical changes that are depressive. All right, one more question. Because we got kids that need to go study. Amen? <laughs> Netflix! <laughs> I get asked this, my wife and I get asked this, I'll have roommates or friends pull us to the side, and they say, well, my friend, man, they're stuck in something. My roommate is depressed, and they treat us this way, and, like, I mean, they just... You know, they, they, I just don't know how to talk to them about it or even bring it up. Like, what, how would you kind of coach someone uh, and give advice to someone who maybe has those friends and are stuck in those situations? Yeah, I think one of the kindest things that you can do is just actually 
talk to them, mm. you know, and do it out of a place of compassion. Um, I know that it's really scary because it's like, you're like, I don't want you to think that we're judging you or that we, you know, it's more, I think, really communicating that it is out of a place of like, hey, we really care about you. Um, and we're just noticing some stuff like, you know, and now maybe because you do have this as a resource, right? Like you can say, I have a place that maybe you could go. Like if, you know, even if you just want to go check in and maybe you can have like a second opinion or, you know, whatever, or if you just feel like you need a safe space to really talk about some stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would just say more than anything, like let that person's like health and yeah, come before like the fear, you know, of not, of like thinking that they're going to not like you anymore or thinking that you're going to judge them or, you know, whatever that looks like. Just say it with compassion um, and talk to them. Because, I mean, because sometimes people can get into a really dark place. And I think that our friends are some of the people um, that actually get to hold us up and to help mm -hmm. us out of those spaces. So, yeah. Um, let me add one thing to that. So the university does have something called the Behavioral Intervention Team, the BIT. And it's kind of an in, um, liaison. Your professors can contact them if they're worried about a student. If you are worried about a friend, like the friend has actually said, I I've written a letter to my family. I have a plan. I mean, you really know your friend might be at risk. Call the Behavioral Intervention Team and say, hey, I need my roomie checked on. Um, don't ever be afraid to do that because that one call could, it sounds dramatic, but it could save a life. Yeah. Um, and like she said, you're never, if you hurt their feelings, I mean, that's the worst thing that can happen. If you save their life, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and I think also that I think sometimes we're afraid of losing the friendship and, and all this, but the reality is, I, I mean, I've been, I've been the friend on the other side, and I've had some friends come alongside me and say, hey, Brent, are you doing okay? Like, I love you, brother. I just noticed some things. And you know what? I felt encouraged. Like, I felt like, oh, man, I got some boys that love me. Like, I got some, some guys in my life that I'm doing life with, and they care enough about me to actually bring something up. Um, and it was encouraging. And, and, I'm, and I just want to convey that to y'all, like, Man, put your arm around someone's shoulder and just love them through whatever they're going on. I think it's almost selfish to not say something, if I can kind of push a little bit, uh, because the world doesn't care about your problems, right? The friends that are acting like this world, they can't do anything with your problems, so they're not going to ask about your problems. They're probably just going to ignore you. But if we're brothers and sisters in Christ... We got Jesus on our side, right? And I think that we got the Word of God on our side, and we're able to put our arms around these uh, students and your friends and, and your brothers and your sisters. And, uh, man, just talk with them through it. Amen? And so, um, lastly, I, I want to ask you all, what would be some just words of encouragement to these students that are going through all these all this crazy chaos? you got four years to pick the rest of your life, right? Like, what are some words of encouragement, just in a quick spiel, all right, that y'all would give to them? I, I want to say one thing is that you've got to remember that you're a masterpiece, that you're God's masterpiece, and that you've been uniquely and made, and that you're more important than any class mm. or anything that you've studied. And you've really got to remember who you are and whose you are. And, and, and so know your value and keep that always in check that no matter what that grade was or, you know, the doubts that you have about your future, that 
God has you and that you're important. And, and keep that in mind. You're more important than any class or semester. That's good. Okay? And Gina said it earlier, but you will not always feel this way. Sometimes it feels like tomorrow is not going to come. And you feel like you're in a dark tunnel and you don't see how you're going to get out. You don't remember how you used to feel. You're a to- you feel like you're a totally different person. You will not always feel this way. In the dark of the night, you hang on. And if all you can hang on to is the most important truth about you, what she just said, and those of us that are saved and that we have accepted Christ, you are forgiven. God's grace is over you. He removes the shame. If all you can do is just say over and over, God, I know you love me. I know you love me. I know you love me. I won't always feel this way. Tomorrow's a new day. You might have to say that 80 days in a row. But you will not always feel this way. Yeah. Um, I think I'm thinking also kind of to myself, like, what would I have said? But um, I said it earlier, but, yeah, this season is hard. Like, and don't diminish that, you know. Like, yes, it's filled with so many fun things, football games and date parties and this, you know, all these things and meeting all these new people. Um, But it is. It's so hard. Um, And I just... I want y'all to hold on to the thing of just like all of this hardship is producing so much character if you keep just like pressing through it and choosing to go to the hard places, choosing to process all the emotions, choosing to learn how to be an emotionally healthy person. um, Yeah, that all of this is going to be worth it. And you just, I mean, just like she's saying, you just have to keep pressing through. Like you can do it um, and you don't have to do it alone. That's another thing. Don't do it alone. Mm. Um, this, again, I keep saying it, this is a resource. There are people who care and they want to walk alongside you. Um, so yeah, in the hardship, don't do it alone. That's what I would say. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, this is great. I think I would add that, um, we, we are all designed and equipped with everything we need. God put in every one of you, everything you're going to need for your whole life. Um, sometimes we just need somebody like Brent or like a place like ours or, or just a good friend that can help us access what's already inside of us. I think we fear that sometimes that there's something missing in me. There's not anything missing in any one of us. Mm. It's all there. We're just learning how to pull it access out so we can use it. That's huge. <clears throat> well, I just want to say thank y'all. Um, I, I want y'all to be able to, yeah, let's give him a round of hand. There we go. Um, if I could just hit some highs and lows, uh, first and foremost, don't let money be an option. This is a great, this is a great opportunity. They're going to work with you either through insurance. I know that they got some interns that they could even talk with you through and maybe it could be like 25 bucks around there. Um, also if money is an option with you, maybe you can come to me and we can set up some type of a crossover fund and be able to, because uh, this is a big deal to me. Uh, but the other thing I took away is this, is that you can't be the person that you need to be if you don't know the person that you are. And I think that the way that you can discover who you are is by talking about it. And I'm telling you right now, we got four of the 25 right now that can help talk, 
talk through some of the things, maybe the mental blocks in your life to be able to discover, well, who, who you are. Because who you are and, 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 and some of your weaknesses and some of these things, well, you can bring those up. You can strengthen them. Um, and you're going to be a, a better person and you're going to be a, a person that can shine brighter for Jesus. Amen. So let's go ahead and pray, and thank you all again. They're going to be in the back corner out here in the hallway. Um, They're going to, if you want to take a card, you want to get to meet them at the end, and they would love to just talk with you all um, about any of this. Thank you you all. So let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for tonight. Um, Lord, just be with us as we are uh, just learning who we are. We're still young. We're still trying to figure life out, Lord. Let us be able to be vulnerable enough to be able to step out of our comfort zones and be able to maybe go to counseling and say, you know what, I, I'm kind of stuck in a corner. I'm stuck at wit's end, and I want to be able to just talk to somebody who cares and can help me evaluate where am I at and what am I doing and why am I stuck in this position. Lord, maybe some of us in here, we need to be able to um, be the friend that can step out of their comfort zone and go and love on their friend and say, you know what, I love you, brother, or I love you, sister, and man, I've noticed some things in your life, and I noticed that you're maybe going through some pain and some hurt, and uh, Lord, I just, I just want you just to, to know that we love you and that we care for you and we want to help you, and maybe there's some things that we can do together. Maybe there's someone that we can go and talk to, uh, but I want to help you through this. I want to walk with you through this. And ultimately, for those of us who maybe haven't really taken a a stand on trying to be the person that we need to be, but maybe today we need to say, you know what, I I don't know who I can be because I don't know who I am. And maybe we need to go and talk to some people and say, you know what, I want to try to figure out some things in my own life. And there are some insecurities that I have, and there are some things that I'm hung up on. And Maybe I can use counseling as a tool to maybe just kickstart my life where I am now. I don't know. I just ask and I beg that you have the courage to do so. So, Lord, we give this to you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise, and that you use great people uh, like this counseling institution. Lord, just be with us. Let these students just be able to sing these last couple songs and just praise their name. For it's in your name. Amen. If you would stand up, please.